is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Saleh and Hani Balkas on Pulse 95. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Pulse 95. It is me, Anibal Qais with Omnia Salah, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the digital world. It's Future Talk, where we tell you everything that's going on in the tech world. And it's Thursday, Omnia. It's a sunny day. We're happy. One, It's, it's the, the weekend. weekend. And uh, we have some very, very interesting news about Visa and how they're going to be launching a click-to-pay service in the Middle East. Yes, indeed. We all know how amazing it's been to be able to just pay with the tap of our iPhone, our credit card. But Visa Now is joining the game and they are launching a new service that we're going to be giving you all the latest about. But in other news, Instagram is rolling out new features as well because they're doing a pinned comment feature that is going to be rolling out to everyone. And it's definitely helping, especially Instagram influencers, fight all the misinformation and the bullying uh, that can happen online. We're also going to be talking about a new feature that has been speculated in terms of Instagram actually suggesting for you who you should block on your account. Now, this is definitely going to get very controversial. Um, so we're definitely excited to talk about it as well. Yes, indeed. And now we have an interview with Saman Darkan, who is the chief technology officer and founder of the Virtual Kitchen, which operates cloud kitchens for restaurant delivery. Now, virtual kitchens have definitely been a very interesting concept. It's nothing new, but a lot of us may just not know the term. And we've been seeing a lot of people order more for delivery, take home, instead of actually eating and sitting down in restaurants during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Mm. is this going to be the future of restaurants? You need to make sure that you stay tuned to find out all about it. But we want to remind you that if you want to see our beautiful faces, if you want to see what it's like to be in the Pulse95 studios, what should they do? They should go to our YouTube at Pulse95 Radio and we're there live all day, 24 hours, 7 days a week, whether it's Future Talk or Halftime Show or Afternoon Karak or Morning Minutes or even Yellow Home. We're always live on the radio, on YouTube and on our website, <laughs> Pulse95Radio.com. We're talking about a lot of things and who knows? One day you might come and see us at the Pulse95 <laughs> studio. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back. Lots and lots is in store right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. We've been seeing big news happening with Instagram. Um, Recently, we've seen them trying to fight misinformation in the age of coronavirus by simply helping prevent bullying when it comes to people commenting. Uh, We did talk about how they were launching a feature. They actually did launch the feature where whenever someone wants to comment something offensive, Instagram will pop up uh, on your screen reminding you that whatever you're about to post is very offensive. But now, Instagram is choosing to help us focus on what's positive in our lives. And this definitely goes for most Instagram influencers who will have a lot of bullying happening in the comment section. Because now, Instagram will allow us to pin comments where we want to highlight. So this could be positive replies, or in some cases, some people may choose to highlight the abusive ones as well. Just to remind people the importance of being nice whenever we're on the internet. Yes, Omni. Now, the feature will let any user pin three comments on a post to the th- top of a thread. And it's actually designed to allow the author of a post to better control 
the tone of the common thread through highlighting positivity and even moderating some, moderating some negative and abusive responses that do, that do show up below the pinned comments. Now, while we see this happening a lot on Instagram, you would see a negative mm. comment on um, an influencer or anyone's post, and it would get a lot of likes and comments, and thus uh, kind of like a domino effect. People will start saying negative comments as well because yeah. they want the likes, they want the att- attention as well. Now, uh, Instagram did release a tool for the bulk deletion of comments, which has been live for the past two months. But to pin a comment, you all you have to do is just swipe le- swipe left to reveal the options for reporting, deleting, and replying. Now, on the far left of those three options, you should see a push pin icon. Now, Instagram did announce this on July 7th of this year, and Instagram actually has spent the last few few years trying to improve uh, its tools for combating harassment, abuse, and misinformation. And I mean, uh, Instagram has been the highlight of most of our social media news other than Facebook. Well, Facebook and Instagram (laughs) are under the same umbrella, but uh, Instagram has been doing a lot to combat bullying they started off uh, with uh, with with thinking to remove the likes they didn't actually remove all of the likes but in some posts in, they in have, some posts yeah. they have and um I believe that Instagram is doing a lot to make uh, the social Absolutely. network more friendly for people with y- for young for younger people because when younger people see or I'm talking about younger people like adolescents mm-hmm. 12 to 15 years old when they see that if you're negative and and you're bullying someone people are going to laugh and and like your comment uh, it's going just to make them uh, feel influenced to do the same so I, Instagram yeah, I definitely agree with you especially because people tend to think that it's a bit easier for them to be mean online no one sees your face no one knows who you are. So so they may uh, go a bit further than they would if they were talking to the Instagram influencer or the person that they're being mean to in real life. But Instagram's comment moderation has definitely improved significantly over the past few months um, because now Instagram is actually using artificial intelligence to help automatically block all offensive comments. So it's using very similar tools to what other websites have been using so that they can help warn users before they are about to post potentially offensive or harmful captions. So pinned comments, even though to some it may not be as effective of a tool as some of those that Instagram has launched earlier, it's definitely yet another effort that Instagram is doing to help put an end to cyberbullying. Yes, indeed, I'm New York, correct. But now let's go and talk about Visa. Now they're launching a click-to-pay service in the Middle East. Now the new service is tokenization to make online transactions faster and minimize the scope for error. Now Apple Pay has been around for a while, but Visa is jumping on that with Mm -hmm. a tap-to-pay or click-to-pay. Now payment technology company Visa did roll out its click-to-pay service in the Middle East and it's aimed at allowing customers to make quick and secure online payments. Now the click-to-pay icon will be will be displayed on a participating merchant's website and consumers who opt to use it will not have to fill out forms giving details such as their card number, password, or even shipping address to make certain purchases. Now, this is not even, not only quick, mm-hmm. but uh, if you have a keylogger or a, a RAT, a remote access tool on your on your on your computer or laptop, unfortunately, uh, the, the the hacker won't be able to see you or see your keystrokes when you're typing in that number because it will be auto filled. And uh, Visa, obviously, being a credit card company or a bank, a card company in general, they should be having top notch security. So this will just make it easier to do your online transactions. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Now, to ensure that all of our data is safe, they're using tokenization technology, which will basically replace your 16-digit account number with a secure token. So this is basically going to protect you from all the fraudsters out there that will be on the lookout for your credit card. The actual number will not be shared, shared with whoever you are buying from. So only the token will actually be shared. And this is definitely a, all part of the click-to-pay transaction feature that they are launching. So whenever you are out and about and you see the click-to-pay icon next to their logo, this means that the merchant that you're about to buy from is connected with Visa. So that means that they can access the user's data that is saved remotely with us. Click-to-pay will definitely save all of us a lot of time and minimize uh, the, the scope for errors and frictions that tends to happen in online purchases and that we've been increasingly see happen, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hackers love to make the most out of big pandemics and uh, grow fear in a lot of people's hearts. Yes, with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, a lot of people are on the internet browsing a lot of elderly people, a lot of young people, mm-hmm. and not many people have the ha- have the tools and information to know which is a scam or a fraud. And uh, unfortunately, they do get um, uh, hacked or they do get scammed. So with this technology that Visa is coming out, especially in the Middle East, it's a good way to see that we are tackling or they are tackling uh, the use of fraud and your security number and your account number should be safer than ever. And hopefully uh, we will see more to come when it comes to online security. I mean, we are going to 2020. The Internet has been released for the past we 25 years. We are in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> the Internet has been released for the past 25 years. But some people are still not familiar with the Internet and how things work. So we need to we, we need to be more aware of the Internet and know how the ends ounce of buying and purchasing things online especially because we have amazon we have facebook uh facebook is also trying to battle amazon and uh instagram as well so buying things online is becoming more and more frequent and unfortunately when you do have a service some people will try to manipulate that service absolutely so make sure whenever you're purchasing online you do have the eyes of a hawk Make sure that you don't let the website save your account information. But speaking of coronavirus making changes in our lives, we're going to be talking about how even restaurants have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We've definitely increasingly been ordering for delivery and takeout instead of dining in restaurants. And speaking to us will be the chief technology officer and founder of the virtual kitchen, Kai Topi, Mr. Saman Darkan. He's going to be joining us. So if you have any questions, make sure you text in at 4215 or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. This is Pulse95. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkas on Pulse95. The restaurant industry is one of those most devastated by the COVID-19 pandemic. And social distancing is definitely going to continue to make many small restaurants unviable if they don't choose to adapt as quickly as they should. Many restaurants have shut down during the social lockdown that happened back in mid-March and April. Food delivery definitely soared in terms of people actually going for delivery and takeout instead of dining in many restaurants. And with that, there has been an increasing number of those deliveries originating from what we call virtual kitchens or ghost kitchens. Joining us today to tell us more about it is the chief technology officer and founder of the virtual kitchen Kaitopi, which operates cloud kitchens for restaurant delivery. Samandar Khan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Samia. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, Saman, a lot of us tend to hear the concept of cloud kitchen or ghost kitchen. Uh, it has been gaining a lot of traction recently and people have been opting out for more deliveries than dining in opportunities. What is the cloud kitchen though, for those of us who don't know, and what is the process like for any customer? Uh, cloud kitchens, like like you just mentioned, they gave them a lot of references. There's cloud kitchen, dark kitchen. My favorite is ghost kitchen. It sounds spooky. <laughs> but they essentially refer to the exact same thing. That is a kitchen that has been optimized for food delivery orders. So for orders that are received online, um, everything about these kitchens have been have been designed to, to uh, produce speedy um, uh, food orders. And uh, these are mainly the orders that are generated on aggregators like Deliveroo, Talabat, Zomato. Mm -hmm. There are different types of, of cloud kitchens models. Uh, one is the virtual brand operator. Mm -hmm. So these are restaurant virtual brands who don't have a physical dine-in presence. Everything, they've completely um, banked on the digital age. So, so they're fully they're, virtual. They're full virtual. They have their own self-operated mm -hmm. cloud, uh, cloud kitchens. Then there's the shared kitchen model. And these are businesses that have um, uh, basically set up the infrastructure of a shared kitchen where they have fitted it all out, they have partitioned it, and they simply lease it out to restaurants who'd want to expand. Those restaurants still need to you know, hire the staff and set up the supply chain mm -hmm. when expanding using those shared kitchens. And then there's what we do at Kitopi. Mm -hmm. um, and what we do is what we classify as the managed cloud kitchen infrastructure. We also coin it as CAS, Kitchen as a Service. Mm -hmm. And what we do is handle the full end-to-end -end operations. So when restaurants expand using Katopi's infrastructure, they uh, they, hand up, they hand over their recipes and we take care of the entire end-to-end -end, uh, experience. Mm -hmm. Meaning when a, when a customer would order, um, they would order on, as they regularly do, on an aggregator, yeah. uh, through the restaurant's page, completely white-labeled, we would receive the order where we would route it to the kitchen closest to that customer. It would be our staff that cook the food. They've been trained with the recipes. Uh, and then the last mile provider, typically the aggregator themselves, like Deliveroo, or would come and pick up the order from, from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting to see that it's been fully virtual. So from start to finish, uh, we have the virtual kitchens, which again, as you mentioned, they're distributed all around the city. So the customer would actually receive their order a lot faster than they would have if they were getting it from uh, the restaurant's physical kitchen. Yeah, that's correct. Because these, these kitchens have been strategically positioned to be pretty close to the customers mm -hmm. um, to really optimize for, for delivery time so they can get it fresh and uh, as fresh as can be. Yeah. Now, in addition to having uh, we're, or being able to cut down on delivery time, another benefit uh, of Cloud Kitchen could be lower infrastructure costs. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? So when you, you know, restaurants, when they want to expand their, their, mm -hmm. their concept, their brands, uh, for, for many restaurants, it's a dream and it remains as a dream because it's such an expensive process mm -hmm. to actually expand. You still have to set up a kitchen. Um, uh, you have to hire the staff, you have to set up the supply chain. So we really alleviated that, that pain point. Um, uh, especially today, in today's age, there is a growing demand for online orders, right? People are loving the convenience of receiving their orders at home. Um, uh, for many restaurants, they sell more online than they do offline. Yeah. Um, but they've actually provisioned their, their restaurants infrastructure in an area of prime real estate, which mm -hmm. is very expensive. Your typical restaurant has, you know, half his space as dine-in. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of those customers have actually shifted online, which isn't very efficient in terms of their usage. 
So for them, it's a more cost-effective cost way of, uh, of expanding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question that comes to mind, do restaurants operating multiple virtual restaurants gain more visibility on food delivery apps with less cost or is this not the case? So the restaurant, there's a, I mean, when you're on every aggregator there is, you're getting more visibility in the sense of being accessible to your consumers. Today, there's so many different avenues of selling online. There are so many aggregators mm -hmm. uh, in that space. Um, so being visible on every single one of them is, is important. Mm -hmm. And then there's element of marketing, digital marketing. So uh, what one thing is when, when uh, restaurants join Kitopi, their sole responsibility becomes one of digital marketing marketing their brands, making sure they get get that exposure and uh, and uh, concepts, you know, uh, innovating their menu, gathering feedback, Absolutely. creating more dishes. So when they have time to really just focus on that, they end up doing it better versus, you know, being sort of uh, distracted with the actual operations of a kitchen. Mm -hmm, definitely. We're going to be taking a short break, but once we come back, we're going to be jumping right into the risk. Will the rise in virtual kitchens cause a risk for all those restaurant owners that don't have one? Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omnia Al-Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Whenever we order some of our favorite meals, whether it was on any of the uh, ordering platforms that we know right here in the UAE, Zomato, Talabad, Deliveroo, the, honestly, the list is endless. Some of us tend to forget that many of these restaurants don't actually have a physical space of their own. They are what we would call virtual kitchens, and they have so many names. There is the cloud kitchen, the dark kitchen, the industrial kitchen, the ghost kitchen. But ghost kitchen, I think, is the one that we're going for today because this is the one that Chief Technology Officer and founder of the virtual kitchen Kaitopi, Mr. Saman Darkan prefers the most. Welcome to the show once again, Saman. Thanks, Samia. Uh, Saman, we talked earlier about what is the concept of a cloud kitchen and how they can basically run multiple restaurants all at once from uh, these virtual spaces. Uh, but as we mentioned, they also have a lot of benefits. One of them cutting down on delivery time. Another is having much lower infrastructure cost. But a question comes to mind. What happens to the restaurants that don't operate as a virtual kitchen? Will they be basically wiped <laughs> off of the map once virtual kitchens become the new norm? Okay, I, I mean, first of all, the delivery age is here and food delivery is growing, mm -hmm. right? So the biggest risk is not embracing this. You get risks, the risk is being left behind, yeah. right? So so there's this need to adapt and evolve with the current time. Now, dine-in isn't disappearing. I, I, I just We just believe that it's going to be very experiential in terms of focus. People still would want to go to a place of a nice ambiance. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, but the uh, online food delivery space is growing and uh, and restaurants will need to adapt if they want to get a piece of that pie. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, are there any other benefits for uh, ghost kitchens or virtual kitchens uh, that you might like to share with us? Yeah, so the, there's the biggest benefit of being able to innovate, right? And to be able to create a, a lot more brands within one single space. You're no longer restricted by, by the aesthetics of, of a location. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and your ability to expand to, to, to territories that you would not have been able to reach, right? Today, we have, we have restaurants on our platform that never even, you know, never envisioned literally expanding across the, the UAE, let alone crossing borders over to, to uh, Kuwait and, and uh, KSA, Saudi Arabia, where we mm. also have a presence. 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, with every benefit, there are definitely some cons. So are there any drawbacks for uh, using a virtual kitchen that restaurants may have to uh, pay for as a cost? So the drawbacks, I would say, is the, the challenge is, first of all, you need to adapt your, your restaurant to be delivery friendly. Mm-hmm. So there's, it really depends on the stage a, a restaurant is in. Mm. If, they've, if they haven't thought about delivery at all, then yes, there, there's, the, there's this element of innovating and making sure you produced a, a recipe and a product that can be delivered well to the consumer. And that goes down to the detail, even the actual packaging and how it's delivered. Uh, mm. is, a, is a variable in ensuring that that food is delivered well to mm-hmm. the consumer. Now, now recent studies show uh, that, that cloud kitchens are a smarter alternative for restaurants. Now, why is it a smarter alternative? Because the alternative to a cloud kitchen would be to create another restaurant, mm. right? And to build another restaurant would mean you would need to select an area of good food traffic, high food traffic, um, and really cater to that dining customer, which is all very much more expensive. Mm. And if you look at the trend of where things are going, the trend is going where there is a bigger demand, for, well, there is a growing bigger demand for uh, for online food delivery. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, a, you know, it's, it's just you, you, the risk of not, and, and one thing I want to emphasize here is that the economics of the, of the uh, restaurant space was already challenging enough as True. it is, all right? And, and I believe it would be better for, uh, for for people who are starting their own restaurant to start off small because we know in business always start small and build big, never build big. So having a cloud kitchen would make it much easier and quicker for someone who would want to make their own restaurant start as a cloud kitchen. It's, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point. So being able to really MVP a concept mm. to to start very lean, it's it's cheaper to mm. to launch a brand virtually than it is to to invest in you know the interior fit out of, mm-hmm. of a physical brick and mortar location. So it's a good way to really test that your product is in demand. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so people can actually maybe even change up with the recipes, with the different meals that they offer and see uh, what works and what doesn't. A lot of big brands, let's say McDonald's and many are similar, uh, have also been mentioning that the main benefit for virtual kitchens can be understanding more about the customer. So what is their consumption behavior? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so a lot of... Um, you know, initially when we started Ketopi, we were essentially initially catering to the, you know, sort of small to small to medium sized restaurants. But as we grew and grew, larger um, uh, restaurants started embracing the cloud kitchen space because they see, they can see them, a lot of them can see that they're actually losing demand um, uh, to a lot of these small to medium sized players who are who are uh, capturing consumer interest. Mm-hmm. So many of which have, you know, embraced at least, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of large chains have started building virtual brands to to ensure that they can uh, sort of test new ideas, test new products, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then evolving their existing uh, their uh, sort of partnered you know uh, brands as well. Absolutely. Post-COVID-19 world is what we're going to be talking about next because even before COVID-19, food delivery was definitely reimagining the restaurant experience. And we've all seen the pandemic definitely accelerating previous trends. But will virtual kitchens be next? This is what we're going to be talking about. So keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95.
Welcome back to Pulse95. Now, we've been talking with Saman Darkan, who is the Chief Technology Officer and Founder of the Virtual Kitchen. We've been talking about ghost kitchens or cloud kitchens and how they're coming up in our world and day and how there are the new way of of not dining in but delivery and uh during the COVID 19 pandemic actually most of us have been ordering online much more as it is better and safer than dining in and uh to tell us all about it we have saman darkan right here with us on a zoom interview call welcome to the show saman Thanks, thanks, Sonia. Uh, Saman, a lot of us uh, have been wondering about the safety guidelines and precautions. You know, whenever we, a lot of people were even wary and scared of delivering and calling in for deliveries, uh, let alone dining in restaurants. So ghost kitchens definitely came in handy because they were allowing deliveries to become a much more viable option. But when it comes to implementing all the safety guidelines and precautions, in your opinion, is it more uh, sustainable or is it cheaper for a restaurant to maybe give that payment for a virtual kitchen rather than implementing all those precautions in their own physical kitchens? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. So I can tell you about some of the initiatives we've done in, in our cloud kitchen infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Right? We already had very high sort of food safety protocols in place, um, certified with some of the highest uh, certifiers in, in that space. Mm-hmm. And what we added to it when COVID happened is we added uh, a lot more precautions in place. Some of those precautions was ensuring that all our staff uh, adhere to social distancing measures, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that they have masks and gloves on at, at all time, mm-hmm. double sealing the, the bag. Um, but uh, but uh, one one uh, some tech that we've added into into that infrastructure includes uh, uh, cameras. So we've mm-hmm. added cameras that is pay- that's powered by AI technology mm-hmm. that ensures compliance of all the measures we have in, play, in place. So it really, it automatically detects if any of our staff are not wearing masks or oh, are so it's, washing their hands. So it's kind you know? of like Amazon's distant assistant that uh, they have launched recently where they could actually spot if someone is not wearing their mask or not um, leaving enough distance between one another. That's right. And there's really no limit to the number of what we call anomalies in terms of activities that these cameras can detect. Mm. Um, it could be everything from not wearing your gloves to to, uh, to even holding your mobile phone, right? Mm-hmm. And it would automatically detect it and escalate it and ensure that we have better control over over compliance of these of these protocols. We've also included thermal cameras. So when drivers come uh, approach our kitchens, we're able to detect their temperature mm-hmm. um, uh, before actually physically handing over um, uh, the, the order. Um, mm-hmm. Other measures we've added to the kitchen includes uh, desanitizing on a daily basis. So just buying all that, you know, hardware, the software, and 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 installing it in your in your restaurant is, is an expensive process mm. on its own. So restaurants that actually leverage our infrastructure, expand using using Kitopi, get get all that, you know, just by joining the platform. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually seen uh, some some restaurants in Moel in Georgia. Who are only delivery? They only, all they do is deliver. There is no dine-in, and you would see that the space that they have is basically a, a kitchen. All they have is a kitchen, and I believe that they're striving. And and I believe even post COVID nineteen that uh, these virtual kitchens or cloud kitchens will be the new normal. And and a lot of restaurants will apply that, or even startup restaurants will will, will see that. Hey, instead of going all out, just like you said, buying the infrastructure, buying the space, uh, that just to buy a space efficient enough to have that kitchen operating. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And, and just one thing I would want to mention here is the cloud kitchen in, uh, industry was growing. Mm. Yeah. It's been growing aggressively. All COVID has done is accelerated even further. Mm. Um, it's uh, it, it's created habits. It, it's uh, it's enabled everyone to sample what mm-hmm. it's like to, to order food delivery, and it's it's just accelerated this growth. I definitely agree with you because we've seen this in different areas of our lives, apart from just restaurants and deliveries. A lot of trends have already been existent, but people have just never known about them because when COVID came, things just got developed a lot faster. Um, but this brings me another to another question. You know, speed is ha- or has become the trademark of our lives. We want everything fast and we want it now. So what kind of technology uh, does vir- do virtual kitchens use for them to be able to deliver the food to their customers at a much faster speed? I'm, I'm glad you asked that. We've, we've built a tremendous amount of software that powers everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, our software, we call it SCOFS. It's a, it, our smart kitchen operating system. It's essentially our OS that powers all our activities. And what it is, is uh, it, it's everything to do with how we receive the order, how we divert it to the correct kitchen, how that is displayed to the cook, the workflows within the kitchen in terms of preparing the food. Um, and it has everything to do with even when the driver arrives, mm. where he scans that, he's, uh, that he has arrived. Um, we've implemented uh, technology that uh, that uh, reprioritizes uh, the sequence of an order mm-hmm. to minimize the preparation time and hence minimize the entire end-to-end order time. There's a lot of AI that we use to, to power that, um, where we automatically learn how long certain items take, and it uh, it literally um, sequences the orders depending on on the sort of benchmarked preparation time of, of food items. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's on your surface. So, uh, SCOS is is filled with with applications that all revolve around the productivity of, of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making things faster, especially when it comes to the way the food is prepared, who receives it first and the way it's delivered. Uh, I guess the golden questions for today's episode is online deliveries have been soaring and a lot of people have been opting for it a lot more. But in a post COVID-19 world, once we hopefully find a vaccine for this virus and it's out of our lives, do you believe that cloud kitchens will become the future of restaurants or will we still have restaurants that are more based on experience rather than just the food that we eat? So it's absolutely, I do feel there's going to be a lot more cloud kitchens than you see today tremendously. I think this is an industry that is geared up for, for a lot more growth. Um, I don't think dine-in is disappearing, mm. just to be clear. I do think restaurants, will there will still be brick and mortar restaurants. They will be so far more experientially focused. Um, uh, and uh, and I, I, I think there will be fewer. They wouldn't be as, as many as you see today, mm-hmm. um, uh, given the shift in demand. Absolutely. Great predictions coming from the one and only Saman Darkan, the Chief Technology Officer and Founder of the Virtual Kitchen, Kai Topi. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's definitely been a great episode with you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Pleasure is all ours. And to all of our listeners, it is the weekend. So since we've been talking a lot about delivery and dining options, you might want to enjoy a good meal with your family and loved ones. Make sure you're staying safe and following all the safety precautions whenever you're doing it from the comfort of your own home. Yes, indeed. And we have the afternoon kara coming up in a bit where they're going to give you, or Mikhail Ati is going to give you all your weekend recommendations so you can watch that movie, watch, play that game, and at the same time, order some food. That's Pulse95, ladies and gentlemen. That's Future Talk, and we'll see you Sunday. Same time, same place, only on Afternoon uh, afternoon Card, <laughs> only on Future Talk. 
This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.